this is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net and the Intentionality Gurus with Candace Pollock. And we are back here in 2024. And we're going to talk about something that I'm not quite sure what it means, Candace. It says taking stock of open loops. So help me. So do you have any idea what open loop refers to? Well, in the craziness that uh, we've all been going through recently, I think sometimes the open loop is like, oh, I don't have to do anything right now. Maybe I should fill it with something else. That's part of it. And the idea is we just have a lot of undone things. All right. Some of them are necessary. Some of them are just aspirational, um, but they're undone. And kind of like that blinking cursor. I always call it a blinking cursor in my brain that um, it hasn't quite connected or I haven't been able to get something done or, um, you know, they, they may all be pressing, but what, you can only do one thing at a time. And the science shows that it takes a real toll on our brain and then in turn on our stress levels and so on. So think about a lot of things that you have to do. Um, it took me forever. I had to go pick up some medication, but I had other things that I just didn't have time to make it over to the um, pharmacy to pick it up. It was just a simple little uh, task, but my activities were, were dragging me to um, other directions, literally. You know, I was going east rather than west or something. And um, and they take a toll. I mean, they're they're occupying our brain. So there's all this stuff that's somewhere in our brain, not in an orderly way. So do you have any of those? Um, yeah, quite a few. In fact, one that kept me up late last night or woke me up in the middle of the night. Um, so I have this um, app on my phone for the business checking account. It's the only account I want in that app. And I was trying to transfer some money to my son from it and I was having a problem doing it. So I went to the bank last week and they walked me through all this stuff, but they totally messed it up. They combined all my accounts in the app and I don't want that. Um, you know, I hate apps to begin with because people can break into them. But anyways, I finally thought in the middle of the night, you know, I've got to take care of this today, but I think I know how to fix it. And, you know, making myself almost sick over it because it's like, it should be a simple task, but the bank just like messed it up. So yeah, there's a little loop that I know I got to take care of it, but I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and then where does it, you know, in your daily thoughts and so on, how often does it show up or, you know, come to mind and recently it's you know it's very important to me because i'm doing different things through the business and i use that app to identify you know where where i am how the business is growing mm -hmm. and so without it i feel totally lost um and i feel like i'm spinning my wheels but at the same time it is fairly simple for me to fix but I have to take the time to actually sit down and fix it. So that's exactly what we're talking about, open loops. So it's just something that's kind of playing in the background or foreground, depending on you know the time of day and our energy level. The, the more tired we are, the more likely these things are all crowding to the forefront of our thoughts saying, you know, I need to do this. Oh, darn it, I need to do that, et cetera, et cetera. 
And, you know, I have been using this app called uh, Asana. It has nothing to do with yoga. Because I just realized yesterday when I was talking to somebody, they said, Asana, like, what, what does yoga have to do with it? But it's a task management um, process. And it's really hard when you think we have 168 hours a week. Everybody, every human has 168 hours a week. Some of it is spent sleeping and eating and food prep and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the point is, with all of these things that we're storing in our brain that are not necessarily in any priority order or even sense of um they maybe they don't need to be done until you know much later at all um there's this thing called a someday list where you can just park them until um the time comes when it makes sense to to get into your 168 hour uh, budget um but even with asana it's hard for me to like you know sometimes Somebody hijacks your schedule, like we were just yeah. talking about before we got on the air. So um, how do you manage those for yourself? Or do they well, do they manage you? Uh, a lot of the time, they manage me. I mean, mm -hmm. I have my calendar, and I know the things that I have to do on a certain day. Um, and I'm even putting small tasks in there now, just so that, you know, they might be some days, but that means I can move it to tomorrow and then tomorrow I can move it to the next day. Mm -hmm. But I want to keep it in focus for me. But sometimes I'm finding that I see too many of those tasks and I just feel like everything's got to get done right now. And that really depletes me. And I don't think I'm completing the tasks properly. Yeah, and if we if we keep adding to them, it's like a kite tail that gets longer and longer and longer, and it creates drag. So we we might put that on the list so we don't forget it. But it's it's you know taking up psychic energy in essence, um, and and draining us. And and then we you know I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just um, feel like my that list is so long I I don't even want to go through it again. Right. I, there's I don't know why I bother keeping it on the list because. I can't go through the list. It's just too overwhelming. Um, so science is showing that, um, you know, setting resolutions that this topic is somewhat in the context of, you know, resolutions. And now that we're through the first month, this is when most people realize, mm, probably not going to do those, but they may still be occupying our brain. And while resolutions get a bad rap, um, the evidence, you know, science evidence research shows that Setting them is better than not setting something because it, at least it creates somewhat somewhat of a benchmark, but we need to recognize when they can contribute to that sense of overwhelm. It's just noticing the thing we're always talking about. Right. One of the things I've noticed, especially, and I, this probably takes me back to the end of last fall. You know, I had family trips coming up and I traveled and expectations weren't quite what I expected, but then I realized, hey, you know, it still worked out. But I kept putting so many things on the back burner because I kept telling myself, you know, I needed extra time, but I don't know what I needed that extra time for. <laughs> and so right around the first of the year, I finally realized, you know, I need to sort of put these things in categories, even if it's in my own brain and not on paper. Um, 
if I need extra time, what do I need that extra time for? Do I need it just to be lazy? You know, okay, that's fine. Or do I need, you know, to prepare for something? And I'm finding that I'm a little more um, mindful of what I'm doing. Uh, it's so different than I felt a couple of months back. And and that difference has done what for you? Um, you know, I don't get as upset with myself when something doesn't get done because, you know, like for instance, yesterday, I had a number of things that I wanted to do personally. And I got up in the morning and you know, knew exactly what they were. But as the day went on, I just wanted to just absolutely do nothing. Um, and I was very mindful of the fact that it was okay. You know, what I had planned to do wasn't urgent. It was personal. So now I'm making the choice personally to do nothing. And that's okay. But I never used to feel that way. I would have just like plowed through what I had on that, you know, thought list, get it done. And then if there was time, I could be lazy. Yeah. And, and that characterization of lazy, you know, it's an all or nothing. And we can be thinking about it in terms of warmer or cooler or hot or cold or whatever. Um, that that game that, you know, kids play, for, you know, are you getting warmer or, or, or colder, getting closer to the target or not. So the idea behind this topic of open loops is to identify what is truly an open loop and what is just something that may be um, an aspiration. And uh, if we can be clear about what our overarching, no more than maybe three objectives in a quarter, for instance, um, where we can say, all right, I want, you know, you have the SMART goals is what the science says, the specific, um, measurable, um, achievable, um, I forget what the R stands for, I always forget the R, and then time bound. And um, so the realistic, I guess, but achievable is the same one. Um, the point is that, if we can articulate those things and be be clear about what's achievable within the time budget we're allocating for it. So there's a, a colleague that I often listen to, and he talks about how he wanted to become fluent in Spanish. And um, he would have it on his someday list. He calls it a someday list. These are all those open loops that right. he's actually closing the loop in a way by sticking them on this list to review. And then every month he pulls out that list and he says, okay, you know, for this month or this quarter, I'm going to be looking at these things and um, Spanish will show up and he'll say, okay, Spanish, you know, show me your stuff. Why should you, you know, um, uh, qualify to be on my calendar on, on one of my to-do lists and so on. And then he has this fictional argument with Spanish and it keeps going back on the Sunday list because it just hasn't shown that it's it's um, up to being on the team, so to speak. Okay. And um, that has been a real shift in in my brain, and um, just based on the science that I've been exploring, the you know neuroscience and the chemical reactions and so on um, that go on in our brain, um, it's a really useful way to approach things. You know, it's interesting because when I was uh, visiting my son back in December, um, I noticed there were things that. You know, he always would avoid to do, and he's now learning not to avoid them. Um, and I don't know if he's keeping a list or not, but what I saw the difference is that if it made 
if it was meaningful to him, okay, and I'll use an example, cleaning his apartment, okay, uh, at the first place he lived at, you know, every two, three months, he'd say, oh, I have to clean. And I would think, my God, I can't imagine how dirty your place is. <laughs> but he moves into the new place and he had me help him sort through things and get things set up. And then it was, I need to go clean the bathroom and be like, okay, that's a new one. Or, um, you know, not leaving his clothes on the floor. But I realized he was saying how important it was to him to clean the bathroom, to put to put his clothes away. And I think that makes a difference what is on that someday list. Mm -hmm. Because if, if it's meaningful to us, we're going to do it. If it's something that we think we want to do, um, it's easy to put off. Yeah, so he's more invested in, in um, undertaking that habit because it, it leads to, to something else. I love right. that. Absolutely. You know, and it and it's funny, he'll he'll call me on the weekend and say, I can't talk very long because I gotta clean. And it's like where is this? Oh, Did I where, number? Where were you when you lived at home? You know? <laughs> uh, but again, it's a it's a smaller apartment. He has friends come over, and so now this is important to him. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> and I realized watching him. That's how I've made some choices in the last couple months as well. It's like, you know, that's really not that important to me. I don't have to do it. So I'm just going to shove it off to the side. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just such a uh, key insight to be able to say that all of the things that occur to us aren't things we have to act on. And in fact, um, there's this interesting neuroscience, you know, some of the chemistry, and, and this is like a you know, maybe a kindergartner's version of um, how it works in the brain, the brain of neuroplasticity. Um, but I recently heard a lecture about how when we are, let's say we're sitting on a couch and we think, oh, I, I need to work out. I need to get up and go for a walk or something. And when that occurs, when that first thought occurs, something aspirational, we get a hit of dopamine in the um, prefrontal cortex. And then if we don't do anything within three, three to five seconds, some itty bitty little step towards taking action on that aspirational thing within three to five seconds, our brain releases another dose of dopamine, but in a different area of the brain that says, everything's chill. I don't need to take action. All right. So that is actually reinforcing the idea of being idle and not taking action. And um, so where, where, what occurs to you when you hear me say that? Well, <clears throat> That was where I was yesterday, you know, oh, these are the things I want to do. And I sat down for a few minutes and it was like, you know what? I don't want to do those things. And this is what I want to do. I just want to chill all day long. And um, it was about 4.30 in the afternoon and I had dinner thawing. And um, I just came downstairs and said to my husband, I'm putting this stuff in the refrigerator. I'm not cooking tonight. Now, we've been married 40 years. I think I've maybe said that one other time. And he just looked at me and said, okay. And it was like, and I was okay with it. It was mm -hmm. like, I'm just, you know, it's not important enough for me to do right now. And 
it makes a difference because again, this morning I got up and I knew there were certain things that I wanted to fulfill and I've done it. And it, it doesn't feel so much like a chore. And maybe it's because I took that time to rest my brain, rest my body. Yeah. And, and it's kind of in the neighborhood of that warmer, cooler thing that, you know, is this an obligation or is this, you know, a desire to do something? And, um, and we kind of know that body compass thing. And the other part is, um, you know, the taking action within three to five seconds, it doesn't have to mean go do the task we were thinking of. It might mean, let's say you, we're sitting on the couch and we say, um, gee, I need to work out. I need to go for a walk because, you know, I've been a bit of a couch potato. Um, within three to five seconds, you, you know, if you did nothing more than stand up, you are, you know, signaling in the brain that um, being idle isn't the next desired action. So you're helping redirect, you know, with the firing and wiring thing we always talk about when you have the emotion, which is what releases the stress chemical or the feel-good chemical, coupled with the the thought, um, then you're rewiring your brain. That's the that whole concept about neuroplasticity. So we can do it proactively, not just accidentally. So the idea is to be really sincere about, well, you know, what do I want? And I just love the idea that you could say, eh, I don't want to do it, not because you just happen to remain idle, but because you made a conscious choice about it. Exactly. And, you know, as we've been going through these podcasts over the years, it's like every once in a while, I will go back and listen to a specific one because I need to reinforce certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, I start feeling like, oh, I'm responsible for the world. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I'm not. Okay. The world twirls around me, whether I'm active or not. Yeah, so while you're at it with your responsibilities, could you do these two little things for me? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but I think it's because I've watched other people running in circles. Um, you know, I've taken a step back going, that's not how I want to be anymore. Um, and it's not to say that I still am not um, OCD about a lot of things. I am, but I'm mindful, more mindful of that. And I'm trying to, you know, realize that I don't have to do it all. I can, number one, either ask for help or maybe it just doesn't get done. Yeah, and that's, Martha Beck had that phrase, the um, better it, barter it, bag it. And the whole idea was, you know, can can I do something to make it better? So what you did is you made the decision that you weren't going to, you know, worry about this one thing or do the thing. Um, barter it, get somebody else to do it. Um, or, you know, some other kind of trade. I, I won't do that now. I'll, I'll do that next month or something. And um, the last one is uh, bag it. Just say, no, not going to get done. Um, sorry about that. Or not so sorry, I should say. And um, then move on. And so that's where we can start closing the open loop saying, I'm, I'm not going to get to that. I'm not going to learn that Spanish fluently like that guy was talking about. Or um, I reviewed my Sunday list um, at the end of January you know, in anticipation of uh, what was going to maybe creep up on my calendar consciously, intentionally. And there were a number of things I thought, I just became realistic and said, I, you know, given the runway I have left, these just are never going to get done. I'm just taking them off the list. Right. 
And it was so um, energizing, quite frankly. Well, it, you know, I read yesterday, and of course I knew this, there was a quote I read about, we only live one life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as soon as I read it again yesterday, it was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not gaining any time running around in circles, getting myself upset over, over things, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and there are certain times as we know, you know, things are going to hit us. We are going to get upset. We are going to grieve, but I don't have to add to that. And I'm working very, very hard at, you know, not letting the little things upset me. Um, and, you know, but it's, it's a work in progress. It is, it is. And I think the phrase that always comes to mind for me is one my husband used to say, you know, we're just muddling through life the best we know how. But if we can do it with a little intentionality, noticing the forks in the road, like, oh, I always do it this way. Are there other ways to look at it? And then making a conscious choice, being really intentional about that. And then, you know, going back over it, saying, did that support me? Was it warmer or cooler? Um, I, I think that's a pretty nice way to to start closing some loops and maybe not opening new ones. Sounds wonderful. Well, welcome back the intentionality gurus and we'll see you again in two weeks. Sounds good. See Sounds you then. Wonderful. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now.